is chapter 53, the last chapter we are doing today, after a very long time. So it is called Epitome of Sai Satcharita. My obeisance to Sri Ganesh, to Sri Saraswati, to Sri Guru Maharaj, to the family deity, to Sri Sita Ramachandra, my most humble obeisance. I bow in reverence to the most venerable Guru Sri Sainar. Sri Sai is Brahma incarnate, an emperor paramount among the saints and is renowned throughout the world as a Samartha Sadguru who inspires the mind. Surrendering to him single-mindedly, let us now worship his holy feet so that he who awards birth death will remove all fear of the worldly life. In the last chapter it was promised that after first reviewing all the chapters, I will complete this book by writing an epitome that is the summary. Though Hemar Panth said this, it did not come about so. Whether he wrote a summary of the book or whether it was left out through forgetfulness, one does not know. But it is a rule everywhere that he who begins writing a book should himself complete it by giving an epitome. However, there are exceptions to the rule and this is our experience too. Here too, nothing happens according to our wishes. It is Baba's wish which overpowers all. Himar Pant suddenly passed away, making everyone more sorrowful. No one could think of anything, nor could the epitome be traced. It was difficult to find Anna Sahib Davulkar's writing. With great efforts, his son Gajanan searched for them and gave me whatever material was necessary. Thrifty in his habits as Anna Sahib was, he would not waste any scrap of paper but work using them neatly and ingeniously. Such was his temperament. He would write a chapter on slips of paper and give the same to the printer. Unnecessary expense of always pricked his conscience. Truly, nobody could compare with him. Moved by compassion, Hemar probably thought, poor lifeless bits of paper, how would they be uplifted unless used in the service of the great saint Sri Sai Baba? Such seems to have been the thought of Hemant. So he collected the slips together and made them serve Baba. This appears to have been his noble purpose. Even the last chapter was written in the same way on slips of paper. But even after much thought, the epitome could not be traced among them. The matter was related to Gajanan Rao and others, as also to Baba Sahib Tarkhat. He was then the tre- treasurer of Shirdi Sanstan, the editor of Sri Sai Lila magazine. They all opined that an epitome must be there. Baba Sahib published this in Sri Sai Leela, leaving, setting a time limit for its writing. The limit expired, but the epitome did not appear. Hemar, that is Govind Rao, was a mine of virtue and was steeped in Vedanta. His language and expression in this book is truly blessed. This, the doings of Sadguru's grace was simply marvellous. Many among the devotees of Sri Sai Sadguru. Among them, Hemar Panth is a gem of a poet. Only he, who is a wise Mahant, that is a great man like him can write this epitome. And yet the epitome could not appear from anywhere. This saddened my heart greatly. I prayed to see Sai Baba, who is Dattaguru Guru himself, and entreated his mercy. I am lowly, slow-witted creature, without even a trace of learning. How will I, who know nothing of writing verse, write the verse composition? And yet, for this, there is only one support. When Sri Dattaguru Guru is favorably disposed, we can make even a fly lift the Meru mountain. Such is his great authority and power. Once again I prayed to Sai Narayan, who is Lord Shankar himself, to have mercy on me and inspire my mind quickly to write the epitome. I do not have the power to write verse, but Sri Guru Raya, knowing the dullness of my mind, therefore made obeisance to the feet. I now proceeded to write this epitome. The epitome, which is the part of this book, will be completed by Sri Sai, who is Gajanan himself. Magnificent, most marvelous is his grandeur. 
while I am but his instrument. The first chapter contains the invocations of the divine and obeisance to Sri Gajana, the remover of all impediments, the material cause of the world and the ornament round the neck of Shankar Parvati. The powerful goddess of speech with a great ingenuity of mind who charms the world and grants all desires to that Sri Saraswati, an obeisance was made to the family guru, relatives and other gurus, to the saints and the virtuous, who was the incarnation of God Almighty, and to Sadhguru Sri Bhagwan, Sai Bhagwan, who is worthy of being surrendered to, being the sacred treasurer of Moksha. To all these obeisance was made. Thereafter, narrating the story of how the epitome of Kal- epidemic of cholera, uh, cholera was totally eradicated by Baba. By grinding him, the glorious power of Sai was destroyed. Chapter 2 states the purpose of the present work and describes the name of Dabodkar as Hemadpan, confuting to the argument that Guru is not necessary and how Hemad has Sai Darshan. So we have read till the last chapter and until the last chapter what had happened was Hemadpan was writing literally everything. What he used to do was during his time he would take any scrap of paper whenever he is going anywhere he would write there also or sitting in his room. The room was facing our Vamshala, if you know. Vamshala, we have a very huge Vamshala over there. So his room was always facing our Vamshala. He would sit on that with his table over there and write the book. And uh, being neighbors, so we used to, our family used to visit him quite often. So every now and then what used to happen was he would collect scraps of paper and put it together and create a chapter. So he was so, you can't call him stingy. But it is, this is how most of the, you know, uh, great people work. You will find that even Einstein wrote on, on the back of uh, a ticket, you know, the way he used to write his uh, theories and all that. In the same way, Hemad Pant also used to write on scraps of paper. He would never waste any paper. So he kept on writing. And finally what happens is when you keep on searching for those papers through the papers. Now, this book was published after many years. Remember that. It was not published immediately. What used to happen was he would write and Sai Lila magazine is there. which was coming from Shirdi. It would get published in that. One one chapter or some chapter at a time. So finally it so happened that they wanted to convert it into a book. Like how these people have done something like writing a particular chapter and then you are putting it together as a book. So when they put it together as a book, naturally when uh, today we also face the same problem in our world, how do you do the starting and the end of a book? So you need an introduction, you need a preface, you need an... Finally, when you are writing something, you need an epilogue also. And in this case, here we are writing an epitome. This is basically the highest of this, whatever that is there mentioned over here. Even if you see the, great, the greatest books of all, you will find that uh, Sri Krishna's very very beautiful book also has a summary in it Did you see, have you seen that summary ah, the last chapter 18 is a full summary of literally everything okay in the Bhagavad Gita same way what he has done in the second chapter he has given an introduction is actually describing the entire thing so here also you will find that in this book it's the same thing done you will find that it is giving you a synopsis a snapshot picture of the whole book that is that we have finished so we will continue so what happens is they are not able to find the scraps of paper 
though he has mentioned that I am going to complete it, but you are not able to find it. So what do you do? So finally what happens is, uh, see many a times you will find that we sell a lot of things in Rati. We sell it to that, you know, person over there and say, okay, you take this uh, scraps of paper. There, there was a very beautiful uh, book that got written on that, a very beautiful uh, movie that was there, Guru Dutt's. Okay, Pyasa. Remember Pyasa? Pyasa was published exactly like this. They, he had, his mother and his brothers and all, they sell all his works for a Radhiwala. Finally when he comes and he finds out that they have sold it to the Radhiwala, he comes over there and he says, oh, uh, now we've got to publish it. And it is published in proxy. One of the greatest books that we are doing today is also something like that. That is what we are doing the Nagamadi Chronicles, you know. These Gospels, they were written and not a piece of paper was found till say 50-60 years ago. And suddenly when they found about 38 different books which are actually in an intact condition, they totally over 78 books and only 38 have been found of balance, we don't know where they are. Some of them have been found as dipped in the salt sea, you know that, which is there, yeah, the Dead Sea, full of salt. They found the Dead Sea, you know, the entire things over there. And some of them they found in this place called Nagamadi. Yes. Again, those are scraps of paper literally. And uh, when he comes home, the entire papers are thrown for the purpose of burning in the house, you know, like uh, the mother wants to uh, cook some food, so she takes these scraps of paper, rolls them and puts them for uh, you know, burning purpose. Only certain number of books were found. So in the same way over here also, there is no way of finding out the epitome, that is the last part of this. So how the command came from Sai's mouth for the writing of this book and a full account of the Rohilla form, the content of the third chapter, there follows a detailed narration of the fourth chapter as to the reasons of the appearance of the earth, of saru, sadhus and saints and an adornment to God, the controller of the universe. This chapter also has a description at length of how Sai, a Dutta avatar and a veritable Kalpataru first came to the Holy Shirdi. The fifth chapter deals with how Baba disappeared from the Holy Shirdi only to reappear in the company of the wealthy party to the astonishment of all. That is when they came, he came for the wedding. How he moved about with Gangagir and the other saints and how he created a garden, himself carrying water from it on his head. There is an interesting narration in the 6th chapter of the great festival of Ram Naomi about Baba Boa Kirtankar of the renovation of the mask. In the 7th chapter comes the narration of Baba Samadhi and the Khanda Yoga, Dotipoti and the pretense of being a Hindu or a Muslim as also the incomprehensible mind of the saint. This chapter also describes Baba's dress, his conduct, his giving medicines to the suffering, his clay pipe, his caste, his duni, lighting up the mosque and the temples, Baba's illness and the service by the devotees, which had an amazing spectacle. The leprosy of Bhagoji Sindhi, with the treatment of Khapadi's son, suffering from plague, Nana Sahib Chandurkar's wish of visiting Pandarpur, all these are narrated by the learned Hemad Pant in the same chapter. The 8th chapter has a happy narration of the unique importance of the human birth as description of Baba's manner of collecting arms, Baiza Bai's service to the saint, Baba's extraordinary way of taking meals and also how Baba, Tatya, Mahatsapati and all three slept in the mosque at night and Baba's remarkable love 
which was equal for both. The mutual and the loving relationship between Kushal Chand and Rahata village and Baba who was the mind of peace and knowledge. All this is the same chapter. The ninth chapter gives an account of the great repentance of disobeying Baba's orders on the part of devotee Tatya Patil and a great Englishman. It also narrates how cleverly how Baba used to eat the food given in arms after first getting the Panch Mahayagya performed uh, along with Baba's authority for collecting arms. And the excellent story of how Baba Sahib Tarkhad, a staunch follower of the Pratna Samaj, became Baba's steadfast devotee. Chapter 10 narrates about the greatest of the yogis, that is Baba sleeping on a wooden plank suspended from the roof, which was about a four arms in length and the measure of the thumb and the little finger extended in width. As also a moving account as to when Baba first put his foot in Shirdi, how many years he stayed there when he gave up the body, and about the selfless constant attitude of Guru Raya in guiding the people to the right path and showing the holy tendencies outwardly while perfectly at peace with total desirelessness within. This chapter also includes a description of the most veritable, remarkable skill of Sadhguru in explaining the chapter characteristics of dharma as explained in the Vedas and the Shastras. His skill in imparting worldly and spiritual instructions and in testing the minds of both devotee and non-devotees. Baba's seat, his knowledge, his personality, his authority as a guru, his power and greatness, all this makes up chapter 10. Chapter 11 dwells on Baba's world, worldwide fame of being in a state of Satchidanam, the loving devotee of Dr. Pandit, a description of Siddhiki Falke, a reverence for Baba. Baba's control over the menacing rain clouds and over the whirlwind, his protection to the devotees from the roaring fire, etc. I'm sure, you know, those who have been with me all this while, doing 52 chapters, this is the 53rd. You have been following these chapters one by one. I think we have gone into detail about it. So, if you have any questions in between, you can ask me, no problem. If you have forgotten or if there is something that you need to be reminded. It is in the chapter 12 that charming description of the various incidents relating to Kaka Mahajani, Dumal, Nimodkar and Mamlakdar of the family, a doctor, a friend and his friend, a doctor occurs. Agnihotri Mule of Nasi, a man of doubting nature and a devotee of Dhulab Swami, has also the marvel of Sai Darshan. His, this account also is given in this chapter. How Balashimpi's malaria was cured by feeding rice and curd to a black dog and Papu Sahib's cholera by giving him walnuts and pistachio as uh, narrated in chapter 13. This chapter also deals with many stories such as the cure of earache of the famine of the Swami from Alandi by a mere blessing and of the diary of Kaka Mahajani by giving him peanuts. The stomachache of the devotee Dattopan from Harda by blessing him in front of all. The consumption of Bhimaji Patil by applying Udi. All these are given in the chapter, same chapter. Chapter 14 gives us the story of the famous merchant from Nanded, Sheth Ratanshi Parsi who was sad at heart for wanting the son and was made most happy by a gift of a son. As also the wonderful story of how everybody recognizes Saint Maulisai who was working as a coolie by the sign given by Sai. This is exactly what happens. You will find that uh, most of the saints and the sages, like you will find that Maulisai was working as a coolie. So most of these great people, they are found in such kind of very strange places. You will find that Ramakrishna Paramahansa came from a very small village and nobody knew who he was till such time that people actually started visiting him and that happened many years later. Same with Sai Baba as well. So he also came from a background which nobody much knows about. But I have given a small introduction to you all in that one particular chapter 
I told you where he actually came from. So, this is, uh, and that is the reason why we are not able to understand the greatness of these people because they come from very humble or absolutely indiscreet background. We are not able to understand who they are. Chapter 15 describes how Baba explained to Das Ganu the style of Kirtan by Narad, how he made Cholkar drink tea with sugar in fulfillment of the vows, as also how Baba narrated the story of the lizard that came from Aurangabad to meet her sister in the mosque merely from the chirping. The interesting story in chapter 16 is about how a gentleman with wealth, children, etc., on hearing Baba's feet, came to Shirdi to get Brahmanyana and was told that he who desires Brahmanyana was first to renounce worldly life, giving up completely the hankering after wealth, and how although the man had bundles of notes in his pocket, could not lend even five rupees to Sai, yet expecting to get the Brahma. The story is the fascinating style of Sai's instruction joined with the blessed language of Kemar. In this chapter 16 is like adding sugar to milk. The same story continues in chapter 17, which is an interesting narration at length about Brahmanyana and giving up of the greed of wealth altogether. Chapter 18 had a skillful narration by Hemarpant of the story of Sati's reading of Guru Charitra, the advice of the instructions of Radha Vaideshmukh and Baba's Anugraha to Hemarpant. We are also doing Guru Charitra. Uh, we have stopped last week, so we shall continue in this coming week. That is from uh, tomorrow onwards, we shall continue. Maybe a day or two break in between will also happen. Let us see. Chapter 19 tells us in great detail the story of Anugraha of the deep thought and the reflection of the instructions given by Sri Sai that follows the story in chapter 20 as to how Das Ganu started writing Isha Rasya Bhavarta Bodhini uh, also Baba, the doubts and uh, asked Baba the, uh, the doubts that arose in the mind while writing. Das Ganu was the person who actually promoted uh, Sai Baba across India. He used to go dressed in one single piece of cloth you know, like a dhoti. Yeah, and having an iktara in his hand. He would visit uh, Bandra in that uh, Vithal Rakmai temple. Huh? He used to visit uh, near our house, there used to be a one very beautiful temple. And uh, there was a very tiny hall over there where he would do these kind of kirtans, which uh, most of our family, Rangari Zaricha Samur. So, there, there used to be something called uh, a Rangari Tsar. Uh, Tsar is the place where most of the, you know, people those are poor and all, they would stay. So in front of that, there is this beautiful temple. Even today it is there. So my entire family used to stay over there, my uh, great-grandfathers and all that, they used to stay there. So, and how Baba told him that his doubts will be resolved by Kaka Dikshit's maidservant. Such is the sweet narration of Sadhguru's unique power described here. The very first chapter narrates the story of the bestowal of grace upon the righteous Jews, deputy collectors, and another learned man called Patankar, and a third individual, a lawyer. Are you hungry? Huh? She's offering, oh, she's offering flowers to everyone. <laughs> hungry, huh? No. Okay. The 22nd chapter discusses how when Baba said to all the people that Masjid Mai took us safely across the world life, worldly life, that she was herself Dwar, Dwaravati and Dwarka. Not one of them understood the real significance of his words. Now here uh, again we were talking about the same thing last time. If you recollect in another book, Dwarka and Dwaravati, basically the place where you will find that the entrance. That is why it is called Dwarka. 
Dwarka is now under water, isn't it? Okay. Uh, you will wonder why it is under water. Dwarka is under water because at the end of the third millennium, that is the third yuga, everything turns yes. The entire thing, creation, goes under water. And Dwarka is the first place. The reason being that the entry to the heavens of the divine happens through Dwarka. Now, after that particular period, the entry has been literally down to a trickle. Now, hardly anybody gets the point of entry. Because in the last yuga, it is extremely tough to even find the Dwar. The entrance is not found even today. We can try our level best, you know, searching for Dwarka for ourselves. You will find that there are so many archaeologists and all trying to search for this place and still they have not been able to locate it. And because they have not been able to locate it, they are coming out with various theories, where is this and where is that. Dwarka is not going to be found for this reason. That the entry to the domain of the divine doesn't exist anymore. Okay. It was built by Vishwakarma. It was built by Vishwakarma at the behest of Sri Krishna. Because in the first two yugas, the entry to the heavens of what we call as Krishna's heaven was allowed. But after the third yuga, it has been completely stopped. What happens today is the entry has been shifted out. And that is the reason why we have Sai Baba. People like Sai Baba or people like Ramakrishna Paramahansa are called the Dwarka. Yes. yes, it has taken a form. The form of the Divine Master. That is basically the form of Sadhguru. So that is the reason why it is mentioned that Dwarka doesn't exist. The physical form of Dwarka, which used to be a very, very easy path, you know. If you recollect, after Krishna went away, the last of the books got written, which we are doing on Saturday, Sunday. The Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam is nothing but what we call as a devotional book. It talks only of devotion. Devotion to the highest with the help of the Guru. So that is the reason why it is mentioned like that. So, I'll read the line again. The 22nd chapter describes how when Baba said to all the people that Masjid Mai took us safely across the worldly life, that she was herself Dwaravati or Dwarka, not one of them understood the real significance of the words. Masjid Mai. Masjid is a place where the Divine stays, my mother. Okay, you will find that even Ramakrishna Paramahansa used to say these words. Ma. The only way to reach the heavens or towards this divine is through Kalima. How Baba extolled the worship, virtue of the Masjid mind and averted the calamity of the snake bite to Mirikar and Bhutti, cured Amir Shakkar's rheumatism averting the dangers of the snake bite to him too. And how Baba averted the dangers of the scorpion bite to him Arpan, and of snake bite to others, thereby warding of the calamity of premature death. Chapter 23 describes how the doubt of a student of yoga was resolved with Madhura's snake bite cured, describing beautifully Baba's duni, the fuel for it, and the story of the cure killing of the goat. 
एंड ऑल्सो बाबा रिस्पेक्टफुल ट्रीटमेंट ऑफ बड़े बड़े बाबा बट द लेटेस्ट लैक ऑफ फेथ इन द गुरुज कमांड एंड द ग्रीन फॉर इज डिसकटेंटेड कंटेंटेड नेचर फॉर मोर हाउ एवर मच बी माइट गेट वेर वी ऑल्सो डन वन चैप्टर इन इन द गुरु चरित्र ऑन दिस सेम थिंग isn't it you will find that there was bade baba over there and uh, in uh, guru charitra also there is another story again uh, i told her one more story in uh, kamareddy huh? about the person yes about the person who wants food to eat only interested in food only interested in getting the best of both the world so he wants to meet the guru only for that reason and he gets to eat only roti you know the dry roti and that to shivaji maharaj eats it without blinking his eye and this person finds it extremely tough this is exactly what happens that if you go with some expectation that if i join this particular place i will get something worthwhile that is the wrong way of looking at it so bade baba was doing something like that if you recollect he, he used to always expect you know people to come to him and pay him respect and all that so the steadfast faith of the great devotee kaka sahib dikshit in his guru's command in the marvelous leela of the sadguru chapter 24 contains an account of how baba made an excuse of the past gram to teach himarpan that without remembering the sadguru one should not enjoy any sensual pleasure and how sai sparked off a quarrel between anna babre and naushibai as the poet brings out the novelty of jokes and humors in the situation in the 25th chapter comes the, st- the story of the damodna kasar from ahmednagar who wished to take in cotton and trade in cotton and rice on a large scale and how sai the son of knowledge told him that he will incur a loss in such a trade but when he was to get a child if his wife eats a mango the 26th chapter tells about a devotee called pant who had taken anugraha from another saint and was quickly given mark by of this by baba to his great delight in the same chapter is included the story of the devotee harish chandra pitare whose epileptic son was cured of the disease merely by a glance of grace when pitare gave 3 rupees by by baba who said that 2 rupees had been already given earlier and was told to keep them in the puja chapter 27 tells the story of kaka mahajani who gave bhagavad poti in baba's hand with a desire to get it back as prasad but instead Sai gave it to Madhavara, and the story of how Vishnu Sahasranam, which is among the potis of Ramdasi, was given by Baba to Shamra without the knowledge of the Ramdasi, and by giving the Vish- Vishnu Sahasranam, how the compassionate Sai bestowed grace on Shamra. Chapter 28 dwells on how devotee Lakshmi Chandmunshi, Shivi wife from Bharanpur, and the meritorious Brahmin Megha came to Baba's feet. How by appearing in a vision in, his, in their dream, Baba gave them the experience of the truth in a waking state. thus describing the incomprehensible leela of sadguru the mother in chapter 29 appears the story of bhajan singh group from madras who had gathered at the sacred shirdi to witness the grand spectacle of the munificence of baba who was a simplest guileless lord shankar the astonishing manner in which ragunath tendulkar's son passed the examination baba's marvelous leela in removing tendulkar's worry about his pension this is tendulkar sitting over here That that is our uncle they are talking about. Okay, our devotee Dr. Hathe, who was Baba's loving devotee, was given darshan in a dream at dawn. And an interesting account of this, in the 13th chapter, contains the story of one Kakaji Vaidya, a devotee of the god goddess Saptashringi, 
the vision of that God is giving, saying that you should see Sai, the chief among the saints. Yes. We were also doing the Saptashtangi, um, uh, you know, uh, in uh, one more book, isn't it? Huh? We did a small story on Saptashtangi. Saptashtangi is a Devi who uh, killed a Rakshasa by, you know, giving him a, a big uh, punch. And the Rakshasa flew from the mountain. He went and he smashed inside the mountain. And believe it or not, if you actually go over there, you will find that there is a mountain, there is a very big hole inside the mountain. It is there uh, from Nasik, around 100 kilometers from Nasik. We can approach it from Pune also. Pune, Nasik, one of the places. There is a very big hole in the mountain actually. So, we can imagine that. <laughs> the 30th chapter contains the stories of Kakaji Vaidya, a devotee of Goddess Saptashringi. The vision of the goddess gave him, saying that he should see Sai, the chief among the saints. And now Shamra, who was made a vow to the same goddess, went to Vani after 30 years to fulfill that vow. And also the story of Said Kusharachanta Vrahata and Ramla, the Punjabi Brahmin, and whose dreams Sisai went to and said, Come to Shirdi. In chapter 31, we are told how the Sanyasi Vijayanand set out from Madras to go to Manasarovar, but was made to stay back by Sri Sai, who is Sri Krishna himself. How the great devotee Mankar, who was like the black bee in the lotus feet of Sai and also the fierce girl tiger, was both uplifted. Chapter 32 quotes Sai's words that we have four virtuous people wandering around in the forest in search of the God. And when I had given up my ego completely, Guru Raya gave me the darshan. The story along with another, narrated by Sai, in the story of Gokhale Bai, who went on a fast, was narrated in the chapter by Hemad, who sings along with their novelty. Chapter 33 comprises the story of a friend of Narayan Jani, who was suddenly bitten by a scorpion, by the daughter of another devotee who was plagued by fever. About the daughter of Sandorkar, harassed by labor pains, who, when no one thinks of anything to relieve his pains, becomes very sad at heart. About the great devotee Kulkarni Sahib and Bababua, the bhajan singer, all of whom realize the great impact of Baba Zubi. And lastly, the charming and the instructive tale of Dakshina given by the devotee Harivai Karni, who was very devout and trusting. The 34th chapter narrates the story of the nephew of doctor from Maligaon, who was suffering from bone tumor and the staunch devotee Dr. Pillai, who was severely afflicted by the guinea worms. The story of Bapaji of Shirdi, whose wife suffered the pain of bubonic plague of the great, uh, the small Irani child suffering from fits. A gentleman from Harda, seriously ill with kidney stones and the wife of Kayas the Prabhu, gentleman from Bombay, who was troubled by a difficult delivery. In all the above mentioned story of chapter 34, it has been narrated in an interesting manner. How these afflictions were instantly and totally removed merely by the touch of Baba Zudi. In chapter 35 follows an account of how a friend of Mahajani, who believed in worshipping the formless, turned an iron wor- idol worshipper on taking Baba's darshan. How a solicitor from Bombay, Dharamshi by Jeta Vai Thakkar, was given by the Guru a great transfer, transformed from the seed, seeded to the seedless variety. A Kayastha gentleman from Bandra, who could not speak, sleep peacefully, and Bala Patil of Nevasa, how they both experienced the curative effort, effect of the Udi. The 36th chapter is about two gentlemen from Gomanta who had made vows separately. One for the job, one for another for tracing a robbery. How they both forgot about their vows and were reminded of them by Sai Samar, 
who knew past, present and future, pervades the Brahman and whose greatness is indescribable. And the story of Sakaram Aurangabad Karuswai, who rushed to Sai's feet to pray for a son, and how Maya, how Sai gave her a coconut and the wish was fulfilled. The 37th chapter charmingly describes the spectacle of Chavadi ceremony, which is rarely to be seen anywhere, but when Hemar had seen with his own eyes. This is followed by chapter 38, which contains the most interesting account of how the different dishes were cooked together at the Handi to prepare various sweet dishes that were served by Baba to all as prasad. This is a very strange one, which uh, today we were actually facing. Uh, the the funny part was handi. Handi is a very big pot that is kept over there. The difficulty which was faced by people over here was there is another puja which has happened of Sai Satcharitra in the house over there. Another Sai Charitra over here. How do you have the separation of you know puja with separate food being prepared? Sai Baba describes it in a very beautiful manner. He says, put everything in the handi. Put everything in the handi and churn it. Don't bother about how other things are getting done. You can remove from the handi. It is prasad at the end of the day. Please understand. You may eat over there or you may eat over here. And if it is coming from the same vessel, it really does not matter. So there is absolutely no need to have two separate thalis or two separate pujas or anything done, you know. You can have only in one place everything to be offered at one time. And it nothing makes a difference. No book reading can ever make a difference. You can read as many books as you want. You can read Sai Satcharitra hundred times. You can read Guru Charitra. You can read Bhagavatam. You can read Bhagavad Gita. Any book for that matter. It doesn't make a difference. Yes, it doesn't make a difference. The reason is because it is not about the book. It is about the message. It is about the teaching. And the teaching can come from anywhere. It does not matter. You know, when I was reading one line, you know, I I said a word. I said one word two lines ago. And I smiled. You know why I smiled? It's because there, there was one particular word which said about somebody else, but it is mentioned something else. And I said the word Maya and I corrected myself. Maya. Can you see? Maya is basically a distraction. Maya can come in any form. She can come as a distraction in any form. She can come as, why we, why should we have two thalis? Why should we have two thalis? Why should our attention be disturbed? See, attention getting disturbed is, the noise is there. The child is over here. We have food to eat. There is a stomach growling over there. Everything happening simultaneously. See. That is Maya at play. Or he is looking at you. <laughs> yeah, what is the time? My, my stomach is making noise, isn't it? Very hungry. So that is Maya at play. So understand this. Maya can come in any, any form. But this handi, 
See, she's laughing. She emphasized on the word understand. Yeah, yeah. So she understands. Yes? <laughs> okay. So we'll come to this. So it is about the handi and the prasad. In chapter 39 comes the exposition of the stanza from the Gita, beginning, learned by that humble reverence, etc. Baba gave to Chandorkar to remove his conceit about the knowledge of the Sanskrit language. In the vision in which five, the king among the saints, appeared to Baba Sarbutti, commanding him to build the temple. Chapter 14 narrates the story of how Dev wrote to Baba to invite him for the Udyapan of his mother's vows and when he was going about going to feed the Brahmins. How three honorable individuals dressed as sannyasi came on that day and went away after having their meals with the Brahmin and yet Dev did not recognize the Guru's Leela in this. And also the story of how after appearing in a vision to Himar, Baba came to a meal as promised but in the form of a bas relief. Continuing the same story of the bas relief, in chapter 41, the poet describes at length unto the devotee in his charming style the incomprehensible power of the Sadguru and also how Sai appeared like Rudra which he became red as the glowing embers of anger and showed abuses, showered abuses on Dev. How Sai, Sri Hari, see, that is a miracle. Come, come, see, that's a You can sit on top, no problem. It's nice to see you. Then the great account of Sai Sadhguru's Niriyan, which makes the listeners sad and agitated in Ahmad's mind. In the next two chapters, 43 and 44, Ahmad Pant completes without a doubt the account of Baba's Niriyan, which had remained incomplete in the previous chapter. In chapter 45, we have the account of how Kaka Sahib Dikshit, when he was once reading the Nath Bhagavad with Kaka Mahajani and Madhura, was assailed with doubts. And Madhura's explanation did not satisfy Dikshit's mind, but Anandra Pakhade resolved his doubt by narrating his dream. And also how Sri Sai Samar answered the question as to why Mahasapati could not sleep on the plank suspended from the roof. All this has been done in a skillful narration. Chapter 45-46 describes Baba's marvelous Leela, a wandering freely everywhere. Though seated in his own place, he is going to Kashi Gaya in the usual manner to show a miracle to the people. A Baba, a gem among the saints, permitted Shama to attend the marriage of Sandurkar's son. And at Gaya, Baba's photograph suddenly came before the eyes and how Sai, the veritable Lord Shankar, of the three eyes, narrated the story of the previous birth of the two goats and the interesting sweet and the profound story in the chapter. Similarly, in chapter 47, Sai, who was Brahma Vishnu Mahesh incarnate, in car in narrates the past history of a frog and a snake, or rather of a greedy money lender and his debtor. To show through the nectar sweet story how one has to take a rebirth to atone the sins of enmity, murder, and death, Hemar has this, uh, beautifully described this here. Chapter 48 deals with the stories of the staunch devotee, Shevade's law examination, and the grace bestowed on Sapatnikar who had no faith. Chapter 49. Narrates the stories of Hari Kanova from Bombay and the malicious mind of Swami Somdev, who came to Shirdi with conceited mind to test the same. And how on their taking darshan, Sai at once pronounced their inward thought, at their instance, inward abashments, drawing them to the feet and cleansing their scenes of many birth. Similarly, how Sandurkar, who was sitting near Baba, was stirred by emotion on seeing the beauty of the lady. In chapter 50, Dabalkar was given at length the significance of the same stanza from the Gita which begins with, learn that by humble reverence, etc., supporting the exposition given by Baba. Chapter 51 describes how Gita Hari Sitaram Dikshit, uh, devotee Balaram Durandar, and the lawyer from Nandev, Kundali, came to Shirdi. And the extraordinary story of each of them 
which will astonish the listeners and make the ocean of love in their hearts absurd. In chapter 52, during the foregoing chapters of the book, Hematman asked for a Pasayadan and that means Baba destroy the wickedness of the wicked and the protect of the righteous. Pasayadan is uh, written by Swami uh, Sambhattaram Das. I think in most of the schools they say this in Maharashtra, not over here. <laughs> so, and bowing at the Sadhguru's feet with humility, offering his head and pen at his feet, Hemad completed the book, feeling fulfilled in the writing of it. In this way, Govind Raya completed the chapter of Sri Sai Satcharitra, uh, bowing lovingly at the feet and made obeisance to Sadhguru, the mother of the universe. The narration chapter by chapter of the summary of the book is called the epitome which became a true highway of moksha for those seekers who desire moksha. The epitome may be slighted as being a toned rag used by ornamental border at the end of a beautiful rich shela. Shela means shawl. But the intelligent listeners should listen to the request of this servant just once. The book is not a shela. This book is not a shela, but rather a sweet plump child to whom this bar had boldly applied the black mark in the form of this epitome, so that he may not suffer from the evil eye caused uh, cast on him. That is that, uh, you know, we put that kajal tawantika, so that physically nazar na like that. Like that. This book is like a delicious food, replete with six juices in flavor, and the epitome is like the glass of buttermilk to help the digestion of various dishes, that is the chapters. The book is the wish-fulfilling Kamadenu, with chapters as a beautiful, well-proportioned parts, and this epitome is a necklace of black beads put around the neck to protect from the influence of malignant eye. And so I shall now narrate according to my understanding the arrangements of the chapters as followed by Pant Hemad. May the listeners listen to it with respect. In the beginning came the praise of Sadhguru, then followed the narration of Vedanta and Sai's Brahma Saru. After that there is a narration of the devotee's experiences. Hemad Pant was to describe with proficient in the Shastras and the literature to add to this Sadhguru Sai was pleased with him and so that in an instant he illumined the intellect to create the sweet meat that is this book. <coughs> Those who will experience the sweetness of this book will end the revolution of the birth death cycle and attain the everlasting wealth of moksha. Hemad Pant's language which is sweet and succulent has gained much by Sai's grace and as such the delectable combination compared to that of the milk and the sugarcane juice who can describe the grandeur of this book. There are many writers of this book, but the authority of the blessed tongue will never come to them until they get a real Sadhguru who is Sri Vishnu incarnate and the sustainer of this whole world. You may have studied the Shastras, but still without the Sadhguru's grace, such a book can never be written. This is absolutely true. Who can praise Sri Sai's Satcharit adequately? How incomparable is the value of this book? And it is a great good fortune of the seeker that the book has an author like Sanhimarpan. As long as his book remains on this earth, so long as the fame remains on this world, for Govind Raya has provided a tiny feast for the seekers. Blessed is this book, born out of Sadhguru's grace. The seeker will accept this book, which will remove poverty of thought. It is due to the accumulated merit of various many births that Govindra was able to serve Sainath and he enjoyed its delicious fruit in writing this book. Himarpant was a steady devotee, a poet, fond of Vedantic learning and absorbed at Sadhguru Sai's feet day and night. Vedanta is a profound and a difficult subject and without Guru's grace it is difficult to write a book on Vedanta which also has a renunciation, devotion and knowledge. They are not chapters but as gold sockets and in them are set by Govindraya with great effort the precious gems of the story emanating the brilliance of the significance. These various chapters are the fragrant flower garlands offered round Sadhguru's name by the loving child Govind with pure devotion. These chapters are pictures of gold in which the son of Sagur Raghunath that is Govind 
has filled the sacred Ganga water to destroy the <coughs> ego of the seekers. In this book, which is the sky of the battlefield, the sword of the intellect of the son of Raguna has slain the demons of pride, conceit and hypocrisy to raise the victory pillars that are the chapters. The book is an arti of five lights, that is Pancharati. The significance of the stories in the chapter shining out of the light of the wicks and peace and renunciation comes to lay this arti around the king among the saints. This book is Maya, the bewitcher of the world, whose body is adorned by ornaments. That is the meaning of the chapter like armlets, etc. Who can come with her arms, the chapters raised high, ready to embrace Sai, who is Brahma incarnate. Sai Satcharit is an emperor among books which is chapters as ingenious bards and mysteries to praise the boundless splendor of this glorious faith, knowledge and Veda. Sai Satcharit is the mark, market of spirituality with each chapter as a trading place. In these articles of trade, that is, the story and the experience have been carefully set about by the poet. This book is an expansive bed of the river Ganga. The arrangement of the chapters is like the neat hearts of the time. The power of the Guru's grace being great, the stream of the nectar and sweet stories flows with tremendous force to it. This is not a book, but a culture which, which appears to be dry to the worldly people, but to the seekers it is moksha itself. Experience is it for yourself. Experience it for yourself. This itself is a true memory, which destroys ignorance and sorrow. Our worldly life saves us from the hell of Maya, delusion, etc., and gives us lasting peace. Govind Rao, the author, has become a black bee hovering around the lotus feet of Sadhguru's side to taste that ever new sweet, he- uh, sweet nectar. Govind Rao's surname was Dabolkar. He has learned modesty and a great conduct and was ever alert officer in the service of the British rulers. His wife, Rukmabai, who was a great disposition, pious and mine of virtue, a dutiful wife and a modest of speech who had a firm faith in Sai. Originally, the ancestors of the poet belonging to Daboli near Vengurla, but later shifted to the Kelvi village. Dabolkar comes from the village Daboli, like Tendulkar comes from the village Tendoli. Okay, so Sachin Tendulkar and all that. is Jerkins, huh? Yeah, Tendoli is Jerkins, yes, and uh, Daboli is uh, a, a particular kind of a fruit, also, a type of a vegetable. In the year 1859, on the fifth day, of the brighter half of the lunar month of Magashish, the meritorious Govind was born to Lakshmi, the wife of Raghunath. Don't look at her, otherwise she will cry. <laughs> born in the Gaur Saraswat Brahman community with Bharadwaj Gotra, he died in the year 1929 on the 9th day of the brighter half of the lunar month of Asha. I was asked yesterday, what is your name? What name were you born with? He began writing the book in 1922 in the month of Charitra, uh, uh, Chaitra, that is March 8th, and completed this 52nd chapter in the month of Jaisht in the year 1929. That means it took so many years to write. Govindra had one son and five daughters, of whom five are, four are married. The son is also married, studying medicine. The unmarried daughter is studying medicine too. Now I shall describe the method of Parayan in the easy way of doing a Saptaha, that is reading the book in seven days, which is given in the Guru Charitra and other books. Listeners may please attend carefully. The reason why we are not doing sapta is because we are most of the people are working people over here. We hardly have time for you know sitting the whole day and listening to the charitra, you know, sai sat charitra, or for that matter guru charitra. It's extremely difficult, and we have to follow rituals. By the way, we cannot eat. If we have eaten and come, means uh, there is a problem over there. After you finish the reading, then you have to do the puja, and after that eat. So you can imagine stomach, hunger, this, that, so many things are going to be troubling you. So that is the reason why Sapta cannot be done today. 
but in some places they definitely do it. Begin reading on a Thursday after taking a bath at dawn. Sit on your seat after quickly finishing your daily rituals like Sandhya etc. Have a large beautiful mandap covering with banana leaves, canna leaves, cloth etc. to decorate it. Place a stool in it and draw around it a colorful variety of designs with colored powder that is rangoli that will please the eye. On the stool carefully place an idol of the photograph of Sai Sadhguru. Bowing to him in loving, uh, loving obeisance, wrapping the uh, book in a silk cloth and placing it in front of Sadhguru, offer prayers to both using the five puja articles and then begin reading the book. For the next eight days, strictly, strictly observe the prescribed rules of conduct, taking only milk or fruits or roasted grains or eating nothing during the day except once. It's very tough, no? <laughs> Either at night or sometime during the day. Facing the east and remembering the Sadhguru's form in the mind. Continue reading the book happily with a peaceful mind. 8, 8, 7, 8, 6, 8, 7. With such a division of chapters in that order, read for 7 days, leaving only the epitome for the 8th day. On the 8th day, after completing the vow, offer Naivedya to Sai Narayan, and then serve a meal to the Brahmins, relatives and friends, giving appropriate dakshina to the Brahmins. Inviting the Vedic Brahmins at night, get the Vedas recited loudly by them, satisfying them by offering sweetened milk to drink. In the end, making obeisance to Sadhguru's feet, the Guru should be given proper Dakshina, which should be sent to the treasurer of Sridhi Sanstan to add to the collection of the Sanstan. By doing so, Sai Bhagwan will be pleased and will give Pasayadan to the devotees, destroy the snake of the fear of the worldly life and reveal the secret treasures of Moksha. O listeners, you are saints, the retreat of peace and happiness. This layer prays at your feet and that is the epitome is forgotten. Be it so. But keeping your concentration of significance on this book, O listeners, righteous as, righteous as you are, the destroyer of death himself, this Baba Baal, Baba's Baal, bows at your feet and entreats you to have mercy on the slave always. Whatever is lacking in this epitome is entirely mine. Give it to me, you taking only the essence of listeners and feeling happy. Obeisance to Sri Ganesh, son of Shiva, to Sri Brahmadev, to Sri Sai, Sri Vishnu, O Sai Shankar, Shankar, I bow to you humbly. Obeisance to you, O Sai Dattatraya, to Sai Indraya, to Sai the Moon, to Sai Agni Narayan, I make obeisance. Uh, obeisance to Sri Sri Vithal, to Sai the Sun, to Sai the Ocean, the Knowledge, O Sai Sri Jan Nyaneshwar, I bow in obeisance. This epitome is a handful of flowers that is words as also the series of obeisance made about, which I offer in the lotus feet of the Guru with a prayer that may Mother Sai be pleased with me. Inspired by Sri Sadguru, uh, Sai Sadguru, composed by Baba's slave Bal, the 53rd chapter of Sri Sai Samachar Charitra, called the Epitome, is completed here. So we have come to the end of this book. I think we have taken a very long time in reaching this destination, but it has been really worth it. And uh, today is a very beautiful day for this book to end. It's a great opportunity that we have taken to end two books simultaneously.